Hi, I'm Dan Jones. And I'm Mia Lee, and we are the editors of Modern Love at The New York Times and co-hosts of the Modern Love podcast. We read love stories for a living. And by love stories, we mean essays written by real people about all forms of human connection. We're talking about everything from first dates to funerals, from sibling rivalries to new love at 85. On our show, we're going to bring those stories to life. We'll hear from the writers and also from the people who are written about. Relationships are the most important things in our lives. And the people that tell us their stories are just so brave, like way braver than I think I am most of the time. Yeah. They're so honest and so vulnerable. And listening to the stories, I feel like you absorb so much wisdom and you get a sense that you're not alone. You can follow Modern Love wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. We hope you'll join us. New episodes are out every Wednesday. From The New York Times, I'm Michael Barbaro. This is The Daily. Today... Fox News' biggest star, Bill O'Reilly, is out of a job two and a half weeks after a Times investigation into allegations of sexual harassment. Knowing about those allegations, Fox had just renewed O'Reilly's contract. So what happened that led to this? It's Thursday, April 20th. Can you guys just give me, like... I just, we just have like something big that we're trying to confirm. So we just need like a little bit of time to do that. Is that okay? Okay. Okay. Thanks. So it's 2.45. We're in the newsroom on the second floor where the business section is. And I'm standing in front of the media group, which is completely crazed right now. And every single reporter here is working on the same story, which is that Bill O'Reilly has just been fired from Fox News, which was pretty much unthinkable until a few hours ago. And I'm trying to get the attention of the reporter who's most responsible, perhaps responsible, for that happening. And that's Emily Steele, who is right now on the phone talking to her sources about this and would like me to be at a reasonable distance from her while she does that. And I'm eager to talk to her about what changed and why Bill O'Reilly is no longer working for Fox News. But in the meantime, Bill O'Reilly began his career in television in the 1970s as a local news reporter. Dallas, Texas, 16 years ago, the last moments of President John F. Kennedy's life. Then... Hello, I'm Bill O'Reilly. Every weekday at 6 o'clock, Inside Edition will give you an inside look at the people and places that are making headlines today. He worked his way up to the tabloid news show Inside Edition. And then, eventually... And how political correctness is harming America, that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. He became the face of a brand new network, Fox News, where millions tuned in for his promotion of traditional values and hardline conservatism. The Riley Factor is on tonight. Caution, you are about to enter the no-spin zone. The Factor begins right now. Until yesterday. Ms. Steele, thank you for letting me come over to your desk. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming. All right, I'm going to jump right in. Um, oh, that's your phone ringing. You Just it? the copy right there. Hi, this is Emily. Emily Steele has covered Fox News for years. She's a television yeah. reporter at the Times. Okay. 
Thank you. Bye. Hi. Um, Emily, what's the word from inside Fox of what's been happening over the past couple of days that led to this? So what we know is there's been a bunch of different factors. There were a number of women that have come forward after the company started this investigation looking into Bill O'Reilly's behavior, and that all started with this woman named Wendy Walsh. Wendy Walsh was a regular guest on Bill O'Reilly's show. She was invited to go to a dinner with him in Los Angeles in 2013. The secretary invited her to this dinner. O'Reilly secretary invited her to this dinner. During dinner in the beginning, he told her that he was friends with Roger Ailes, who then was the chairman of Fox News, and that he could make her a contributor at the network, which is a very valuable, very lucrative position. Um, They continued the dinner. After the dinner, they were leaving the restaurant, and he invited her up to his hotel suite. She said, no, thank you. They then went to the bar, and he got hostile. And then months later, he reneged on a verbal offer to make her a contributor. So she had told us that story. After our story came out, um, the company and Bill O'Reilly both said that nobody had called the hotline. So she called the hotline to report. Like an employee yeah, harassment it's, it's an hotline. hotline that women can call to report complaints. So she called the hotline to report her complaint. But what happened is that prompted an investigation by the law firm Paul Weiss. We know that they have looked into Wendy Walsh's complaints. We know that they also have looked into the complaints of this woman named Jamu Green, who is a current Fox News contributor, and she had complaints about Bill O'Reilly. And we know that there's other women who have made those allegations as well. And Mike Schmidt and I spent months and months and months reporting on this story. And what we found was that over the course of O'Reilly's tenure at Fox News, that the company has repeatedly stood by him and has repeatedly protected him as these allegations of sexual harassment and other inappropriate behavior have piled up. Um, How many of them? So what we know is that there have been five settlements related to sexual harassment and inappropriate behavior by him. And those settlements have totaled about $13 $13 million. Again, $13 million paid by Bill O'Reilly or Fox to, to, to accomplish what? Basically to silence these women. So inside Fox News Company, yeah. since all of your reporting came out, where did the deliberations start and where did they end? Obviously, within the last few hours with yeah. this in- incredibly fateful decision to get rid of Bill O'Reilly. So what's really interesting is before we um, published our story, the network and the company and Bill O'Reilly knew all of the all of the information that we were publishing, and we gave them the chance to comment. At that time, they put out a statement that said that they had talked about this with Bill. We also have since learned that they decided to renew his contract. They decided to extend his contract at that Despite time. Despite knowing everything they did from your reporting and whatever they knew themselves about the number of women and financial settlements. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then right after the story, there were... Um, advertisers who started to pull their ads. And then it it started off with Mercedes and Hyundai. And then it became kind of this flood of of all of these advertisers who left the show. And then there were these boycotts. There were protests outside the network. There was an airplane that flew over New York on Tuesday that had a banner that said, Drop O'Reilly, the sexual predator. And this this just didn't let up. Um, And the other really important thing 
to remember is that there was this contingent of women inside Fox News who were just outraged about this. And they said that the executives, after the ouster of Roger Ailes, the Murdochs had said that they were really committed to maintaining a workplace based on trust and respect. And they really questioned, are the executives serious about this if they continue to employ this man? What was Bill O'Reilly's response to your original reporting? What did he say? What he said is that he's he's a famous man. He is the target of these allegations. And part of the reason why you um, deal with this in the way that they did is because he was trying to protect his family. So, Emily, you have been reporting on the story for many months. What was your experience with Fox as a company interacting with them on these incredibly sensitive pieces of reporting? And what was your experience with Bill O'Reilly? You know, we were just trying to follow the facts with our story, and over the course of our reporting, we really had to dig to get this information. There's a reason why these settlements were for so much money, was to keep these women from talking and to keep the information about them from getting out. There was a lot of resistance. There was a lot of, they didn't want this story to be out there. He's a very valuable resource and a really valuable asset for them. What about Bill O'Reilly himself? What has he said to you? I haven't talked to him for this story. We've talked with his lawyers, we've talked with his representatives, and we have statements from him. Have you had any (laughs) interactions with Bill O'Reilly during the course of this reporting? It's in-depth reporting, it's on him. I have to imagine he's had a reaction to it. Right. Well, maybe you're asking about an incident in 2015 um, when I was working on a story about... There were allegations about his reporting, that he had lied about reporting on the Falcons' war and whether or not he was kind of on the ground reporting on this war. He apparently was actually in Buenos Aires reporting on a protest about the war. And in the course of that reporting, I called him for comment, and he basically said that he wanted the story to be fair, and if there was anything in it that he found untoward, he would come after me with everything he had. That's not the normal response. No. Um, And it it was on the record. I just kind of typed it up and then moved on to ask him questions. Um, But we did include that in the story at this time. But but just to be clear, that wasn't related to this story. That was something that happened two years ago. And the reason that we did the story is we're just trying to follow the facts. There's no other. We just were really interested in unearthing what was happening. Entirely unrelated, I understand. two separate stories and it's not the same. Just a final question to you since you've covered Fox for a really long time, and not just for the New York Times, but in your previous job. Were you surprised that this happened today? What was your reaction when you saw the news that O'Reilly was going to, in, in fact, be fired, the number one money-making figure, the number one host at Fox News, and therefore the number one person in all of cable news. You know, they have stood by him and supported him and protected him for a very long time. There's settlements related to his behavior going back to 2002. There was another one 2004, another one 2011. There were two in the past fall. And so we, we really didn't know how they were going to respond. We really didn't know what they were going to do. Um, so it, it is surprising. It is surprising that they reacted this way. And therefore you are surprised. <laughs> I think I am. It's a little surreal, I have to say. Um, Emily, thank you very much. Thank you. We'll be right back.
Tubi is the free streaming service that lets you watch your favorite movies and shows for free. So break free from subscriptions with Tubi and get instant access to thousands of movies and TV shows, always free. From blockbuster movies, nostalgic favorites, and binge-worthy reality TV, to black cinema, Spanish language, and LGBTQ films, Tubi has everything you need. So download Tubi now and watch free. So do you guys want to ask me some questions? Yes, we're going to do this right now. All right. Let him okay. get in here. Actually, because you're going to do, want to just move the stand right here? Like, I don't mind doing it. Is that crazy? No, it's fine. Jim Rutenberg is the media columnist for The Times. All right, ready? Um, Jim. Yes. O'Reilly has been weathering the storm for a really long time. He's the number one moneymaker at Fox. The president of the United States defends him. His ratings are up right now, despite all this. Why is he suddenly out of a job now? I mean, what clearly happened here is that the parent company, the owner of Fox News, 21st Century Fox, and the Murdoch family that controls it got to a point where they would be saying to their own female staff... They would be saying to their shareholders, we hold our profits and our ratings to be more important than a respectable workplace where women can thrive and feel that they're equal to men. And while Fox News is kind of celebrates a bygone era where men were men and women were women, you know, there are fewer and fewer people who are ready to accept it to the extent that bad behavior or alleged bad behavior swept under the rug. But since those factors were always president like and and the sins were the same from the beginning until now what changed inside fox news you've covered this company for a really long time that explains the reversal from firm defense to see you later bill o'reilly there are two explanations the nicer the better explanation for them is that they have a younger generation of murdochs lachlan and james rupert murdoch's sons who are the next generation and they say dad this company cannot withstand this kind of scandal. Um, There's another explanation that the message was less this uh, behavior is unacceptable and more it's unacceptable when you get caught. But how much of this is actually not about genuine outrage from the family or even the outside world, but really just about advertising? That's a tricky question, too, because... Fox has tried to deny that there has been any erosion in their ad dollars, even though scores of advertisers left the O'Reilly Factor program. What Fox was saying was that those advertisers could get time elsewhere in the network so they didn't ultimately lose the money. A little bit dubious. Um, I think it played a factor, but I think this is more about PR or, as they would say, uh, having a better corporate culture. Quick question, because you know the advertising rule really well. Why does an advertiser leave a major show like this with such high ratings, even in circumstances like this? What does it take? Well, the phenomenon that was at play here was a social media firestorm. There was a a huge outcry and a lot of pressure brought to bear by several outside groups saying, hey, advertisers, how can you, you're, you're endorsing this behavior. And that's a new trend where companies are reacting to that. Okay. O'Reilly's lawyers say there basically was a liberal activist conspiracy to oust him from his job. Is there any truth to that? It's laughable. You're telling me that Rupert Murdoch and Fox News are going to buckle under pressure from liberal groups? Are you kidding me? That's like, it's like everything they stand against. So I I just don't buy it. Why did Bill O'Reilly's ratings keep going up during all this? That's the part I still find kind of confounding. Because if you talk 
to O'Reilly's um, fans, and I have and do, some of them are my friends, they don't believe it. This is the MSM going after their guy. The, main, the mainstream, mainstream media. media. Going after uh, Bill, their star. The, and, and Bill O'Reilly's whole show is don't believe them, and, and he himself is always under siege and being attacked, so they're going to take his word over that of the New York Times or any other liberal media outlet in their view. And you have a phone call. Do you want to take that phone call? I can, I'll call her right back. Um, very quickly, you know how this all plays out on a television network as big as Fox. What are the next 24, 48 hours going to look like? How are they going to actually get Bill O'Reilly off television? How does the public relations machinery work? That's a huge question because Bill O'Reilly was the definitional figure of this news network. So I don't think they can do a 1984-style he-never-existed approach, right? So they're going to have to, <laughs> they're going to have to somehow honor his legacy without um, dishonoring themselves by glossing over the reason he left. All right, finally, this past year, and you covered this campaign alongside me before you went to become the media columnist here, we saw several versions of pretty much the same story. A powerful man is accused by a woman or many women of inappropriate behavior, physical or otherwise. Sometimes it's illegal. Sometimes it's right on the bubble. Bill Cosby, Roger Ailes, President Trump, and now Bill O'Reilly. Each one of those cases was unique, and they played out uniquely. And I wonder, given the role you have, what bigger conclusions you're drawing from what we've just seen and what we saw in those cases. Well, if you draw the obvious comparison to the one who was affected least by similar allegations, President Trump, it's that uh, corporate America and national television is far less forgiving of these kind of uh, alleged acts than uh, American politics and the American voter. Fascinating. <laughs> I've got to use some Tic Tacs just in case they start kissing her. It's like the, the tape that showed uh, President Trump with Billy Bush. It's like kissing them. It's like a magnet. Just Making lewd comments about women. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the pussy. was not enough to stop one from getting to the Oval Office, but it was too much for the third hour of the Today Show. Billy Bush was fired from the Today Show, and now Bill O'Reilly has been. Yep. Jim, thank you very much. I'm going to let you get back to writing your column. I'm literally crouched here at your desk, and I can see from the look of your screen that you have a little more writing left to go, so I'm going to let you go. (laughs) Don't remind me. Thanks, Jim. All right, thanks. See ya. Fox News says that starting Monday... Bill O'Reilly's 8 p.m. slot will be taken over by another of the network stars, the bow-tied conservative provocateur, Tucker Carlson. Here's what else you need to know today. A special election in Georgia this week has been treated as national news, seen as an early referendum on President Trump just 90 days into his administration. Jonathan Ossoff, a 30-year-old Democrat, was seeking office for the first time in a heavily conservative district. We haven't covered the election on this show, in part because we were wary of making too much out of a single race so close to the start of a new presidency. I called my colleague Jonathan Martin to see if we had that right. So this was a open primary. So everybody was on the ballot in both parties. And 
how the rules worked in Georgia, if you got 50% plus one, you won the seat outright. Hmm. If nobody got that, then it would go to a June runoff. And so what happened is that Ossoff raised so much money over the last three months from so many national Democrats that he went from just trying to get into the runoff and be a viable major party contender to having a chance to actually clear 50 and win the seat outright, a seat that has not been held by a Democrat since the Carter administration. And he nearly did it. He got 48.1 Tuesday night, falling just short of that threshold to win the seat outright. Okay, so everyone paid attention to this special election in Georgia, despite the fact that it was a special election, so therefore a little anomalous, that it's just one congressional race. And despite all of the flaws that we learned about political prognostication in 2016, I remain skeptical that this race matters. What do you think? Am I wrong? Too soon to tell. (laughs) I'll stop (laughs) for a dodge. Uh, No, but it's the truth, though. You're right. There's a reason why they're called special elections. They're special. They, they're often quirky. There is a history, Michael, of some of these special house races being, you know, basically the, the canary in the coal mine, the right. political version of the canary in the coal mine. And I can go back for, for decades, including the Gerald Ford seat in, the, in western Michigan when he left the House to become vice president. A Democrat won that seat, and that was foreboding for the Republicans. Long history of these special elections telling a story about how the wind is blowing politically. That said, there are many times where they don't tell us a bigger story about what's happening in American politics. So I think we don't know just yet. But Kansas last week, Georgia this week. What is undeniable is that in ruby red parts of America, deeply conservative precincts, Mm -hmm. the Democrats in these places are highly energized and are showing up in higher numbers than the Republicans are in those places. All right. I'm going to hold you accountable for this. I'm going to have you back on during the midterm elections. We're going to play the tape. Play the tape. We're going to go back to the tape and we're going to see if there was a canary in this coal mine. Tim Uh, Russert style. I love it. I love it. Uh, Jonathan, thank you very much. See you, man. Bye. And in other congressional news, Republican Congressman Jason Chaffetz, the powerful chairman of the House Oversight Committee, said he will not seek re-election. The Times reports that Chaffetz, who had repeatedly clashed with Hillary Clinton during the campaign, had relished his role overseeing a Democratic-controlled White House, not a Republican one. Finally, after promising as a candidate to tear up President Obama's nuclear deal with Iran... My number one priority is to dismantle the disastrous deal with Iran. President Trump has notified Congress that Iran is complying with the terms of that agreement and is making clear that the White House will be standing by the deal, which requires Iran to give up most of its stockpile of uranium in exchange for the United States and Europe lifting billions of dollars in economic sanctions. That's it for The Daily. I'm Michael Barbaro. See you tomorrow. With no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, and an app that lets you bank anytime, anywhere, choosing Capital One is like the easiest decision in the history of decisions. That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Capital One N.A. Member FDIC.